The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Kale DeFrancesco. I'm a professional body piercer with 15 years experience. I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hello, everybody. My name is Kale DeFrancesco, uh, formerly Kale Belford. I just got married a week ago, so that is pretty exciting. Um, if you don't know too much about me, um, I am a piercer and I own Oleander Piercing in Worcester, Massachusetts. I also own a jewelry company called Uzu Organics. Uh, you can find both on Instagram if you want. They're just the same name as the companies. Um, I am also a newly elected board member for the Association of Professional Piercers. I am the outreach coordinator. Um, it's been a very interesting ride so far, uh, but it's been wonderful serving um, the membership and um, it's, it's, just, it's just great. So uh, thank you all for voting for me. Um, so we are in BMX, uh, in Germany, we're at BMX in Germany and, um, I had this idea to, uh, record with Ryan, um, and interview him because he is always the one that is interviewing us. And I thought it would just be fun to, uh, turn the table here and just see what Ryan has to say for once instead of, um, him just interviewing people. So um, I pitched the idea and he really liked it. And um, now we have done an interview. So it, it's, uh, it's, it was a lot of fun to, to kind of put Ryan on the spot. Um, I've been friends with Ryan for many, many years. He's also kind of like a mentor to me. And, um, you know, he's just, he's just really pushed me in this industry and, you know, I appreciate him so very much. So um, thank you guys for listening and, uh, we're going to get started with the interview and, um, yeah, this is the interview with Ryan Ouellette. <laughs> <laughs> that was awkward as fuck, but that was good. You're in charge. You take it away. I'm just going to fucking sit here. <laughs> so we are here with, um, Ryan Ouellette. He owns a piercing and tattoo studio in... New Hampshire, uh, Nashua. You forgot the city, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nashua, Nashua, He owns a New shop Hampshire. in America. Um, yeah, in America. And um, he is also the creator of the Piercing Wizard podcast. And um, Used to be the host of it. Yeah, he used to be the host, and now I am the freaking host. Um, so welcome, Ryan. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I worship the devil. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm a body piercer by profession. I've been weird piercing professionally since, uh, I guess technically 1998, but I, I didn't really know what I was sort of supposed to actually be doing as a professional until closer to like 2000 ish. That's when I opened my shop and there were probably a few more years where I probably had no business owning and running a shop and just kind of figured it out as I went. Uh, and I do some scarification, uh, and lately I've been traveling and teaching a whole bunch. 
And you recently moved into a new building with your studio. Yeah, a couple of years ago, it was just one of those organic things that just sort of happened, uh, going with the flow. And I think a lot of businesses kind of get bottlenecked by the size of their shop. And I think a lot of times when people open a shop, they don't future-proof it enough, which is definitely something I did when, when I moved my shop the first time I gave myself just enough space for that level, you know, and I didn't really have room to grow. And with this new building, I tried to make it a little bit more future-proof so that hopefully this will be our, our, our forever home. Right, for the it, shop. and it's beautiful in there. I had the chance to go up to your studio kind of recently, um, and I, I was absolutely impressed, by the way. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful in there. And just, just your whole processing room set up and... Um, you know, the piercing rooms and the tattoo sh studio on the second floor. It's just your jewelry selection, too. I'm very jealous. Thank um, you. Keep saying nice things about me. <laughs> I, I stole all the best ideas I could from every other shop that I've been to. Um, I think that's not a terrible thing to do. Um, just get inspiration from other places and then just kind of utilize it into your own yeah. studio and or just whatever you have going on. Yeah, I'm really happy with it. You know, I, you can obviously see room for improvement no matter how much work you put into it initially. So I'm, I'm sure over the years I'll make some improvements, but uh, I'm very, very, very happy. And I realize that I'm very fortunate because I got I had the opportunity to purchase a building and build it out however I want. Right. And a lot of piercers never get that kind of an opportunity, so I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, I, you've come a long way. I've known you for many years. Um, not that you were ever really shitty since I'd known you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's just, uh, it's amazing to see the progression and um, just how much your studio has grown from I remember guest spotting at your studio when you were in the old location and then going into your new location. I was just blown away. So con congratulations on that. Like, well, I mean, seriously, you're, you're killing it. Everyone and, uh, is jealous of you. <laughs> kailed it. <laughs> it's only kailed if I do right, it. Right. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> like I'm kailing this, uh, this podcast interview. <laughs> there was, remember that time where we did the gigantic genital beads on that guy? Oh my gosh. Um, how could I forget that? Yeah. That was probably one of the most stressful things I'd ever seen in person, too. Really? Those beads were... Huge. Huge. Yeah. So um, Ryan asked me to come and assist him for a um, genital procedure with beads, and um, the guy was a beast. He handled that incredibly well. Um, how many was it? They were like half inch... They were half inch... Uh, no, they were, they were full beads. They were full beads, oh, half-inch okay, full yeah. beads, uh, titanium, too. Oh, that's right. Because but wasn't there like three or four of them? There were three of them. Okay. Yeah, in a row, and, yeah. and they were gigantic. Yes, I oh, remember that. That was yeah. so stressful. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was fun, though. It was super fun. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're a crazy person. Yay. <laughs> um, so tell us um, more about this podcast. I mean, you... Have been doing the podcast for a while now. Uh, what? Two years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're doing episodes all the time now. Every week. Um, yeah. What really inspired you to start doing it? Were, was, was it just other people doing podcasts or did you just feel like there was kind of a void of piercing information? It wasn't even um, really that. I, I, uh, I've been really fortunate in a lot of the opportunities. Like we're right now, we're in Germany. And when I, when you come, you, you know how it is. When you come to these things, the reason you're up until 
three in the morning hanging out is because the conversations are just so amazing. And I almost felt that it was selfish that I, I would have access to all these amazing conversations and, and people would be at home and not even knowing that some of these amazing people are out there or what their experiences are. And uh, I, I started thinking, well, maybe I should try to capture it a little bit and right. then try to share it with people. And there have been a few episodes where it's really been about that, like capturing someone's experience or opinion or something like that. Other ones, you know, to be honest, like you can't do something like this for too long without like, you know, you have not filler episodes, but things where I'm just like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. What do you want to talk about? Right. You know, And stuff can just happen where you, you can have a really good talk with somebody. But uh, it really started out as like coming to places like this and people tell their story and it's like, I, I can't be the only one that hears this. Like somebody else needs to hear this too. No, oh, I think that's amazing because I also come to a lot of conventions and um, obviously I'm also here in Germany. Um, and sometimes at night I just, I have like some just incredible conversations with people and I always wish that I understood the technology of how to do podcasts because sometimes I would just love to capture some of this information and just share it with people because it's so hard to relay it back to people later on because maybe I'm not as drunk or stoned. <laughs> <laughs> so, or maybe I was too drunk and stoned and I don't remember all of the, the tidbits. APP board <laughs> member, Kale Belford. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's no secret that I drink and smoke. So, um, but yeah, speaking of board member, uh, I recently took your position on the board of directors, um, which has been wonderful. Thank you for leaving me with um, your legacy, I guess. Um. I wouldn't say it's a legacy. <laughs> I think if I left you with anything, it's I didn't leave you with a mess. You didn't leave me with a mess. And boy, do I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. Um, but how has life been since not being on the board, honestly? So much better, personally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I loved every minute on the board, even like the hard minutes. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And uh, admittedly, I, I did put my whatever I had available at the time. I did give it my all to try to get reelected. And... Uh, I'm, I'm actually really appreciative that I didn't get reelected, uh, partly because the people who are on the board now, I think, are much better at the job than I could have been or, or Girl was. Girl power. Well, it's not just that. <laughs> no. It's I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, make it like you know. Oh, it's great that there are more women, which is also great. Right, it is wonderful. But it's three people that are very talented and very hardworking. So, uh, if it was going to be anybody that that nudged me out, I'm glad it could be the the group that did. But aside from that. Uh, my, my stress levels have dropped so much. My depression has been so much easier to handle. Uh, and I have so much more time to actually like focus on myself and my business. Uh, that's really given me the opportunity to travel as much as I do and teach yeah, as much as I do. I feel like you're traveling so much more lately, like just well, so much more. Yeah. I, you know, um, <laughs> a vacuum isn't great in my life for depression, personal reasons, whatever. And not being on the board and not having those constant responsibilities leaves a big void in your life. And I think some people might fill it with family, some people might fill it with work, some people might fill it with a hobby or whatever. And this was the most natural feeling thing for me to kind of fill that void with is just, you know, keeping up with the travel because I, you learn, I'm sure you know now with your experience with APP, you learn so many valuable business skills. Yes you know, not only seeing these other really experienced professionals and 
business people, how they run their business. And, you know, because you spend all this intimate time with them and you learn so right, much more right. about them as people. Um, but just how to manage it and how to handle the logistics of, you know, registration and booking travel and all these different things. Uh, I learned a lot of really valuable skills and now I am putting them to use. Yeah, you're doing a ton of seminars lately, I've noticed. Um, how's all that been going for you? I mean, you're, I feel like every week you're in a different country or a city or I'm always just kind of like jealous in a way, but also just blown away by how much traveling you really are doing. Mm. Um, so how have the seminars been going? I mean, it seems like um, you have really good turnout. Some are a little bit smaller, but it's it seems like everyone really is enjoying the, the content. And um, I mean, at least from what I can see. I, I think that I'm getting good results because I'm not trying to make it about hey, come and listen to me talk. I really want to try to make classes what I would want from a class. Like if I was going to take a day off from work, maybe have to fly somewhere, drive somewhere, pay for a hotel, like I would want to get my money's worth, you know? And I, everybody knows about you know, a seminar they've heard about or something where the person kind of phones it in and maybe it's just like they're doing it just to try it, dip their toes in or something like that. But <clears throat> through my experiences at conference, I really know the difference between a, a well-prepared class and a not well-prepared class. So I really just try to bring the best, the best that I can. Uh, and repetition is something that I, I'm really enjoying because up until semi-recently, if I was teaching a class, that might be the only time I get to do it. Like a conference, you know, that might be the first time you've ever taught the class. So now, like especially with my, like my full-day freehand thing, uh, I've had the opportunity to do that like a dozen times over and I know what we're, it's like working out like a stand-up comedy routine like you you know what's going to click for people and what's yeah. not going to click for people and I, I really enjoy it and it's it's really satisfying uh, you know there's there's definitely an ego component or a financial component which is nice but just the fact that I, I never would have been able to imagine having access to a resource like that when I was learning and I I I really honestly feel that once you get established and get comfortable in an industry like this, it's your responsibility to share that information with people. And I, I really enjoy the travel can be a little bit rough sometimes. The planning can be the logistics, booking venues and all that stuff can be a little bit rough. But seeing like those light bulbs go off over people's heads makes all of it totally worth it. You know, and when people message me after the fact and like, hey, I, I I tried this thing that you mentioned in the class and it really clicked for me and I, I, I'm really more comfortable with this thing now. It's like, I, I love that because I never had the option to do that and it held me back in my career for a long time. Um, do you feel like a lot of the attendees that come to your seminars are people that aren't going to conference? Um, I mean, I feel like it's, it is a great opportunity to do these because not everyone can come or afford to go to conference. Um, and I've noticed that you've been doing a lot more international kind of seminars. Um, which, you know, uh, of course exposes people to more information, but um, do you feel like a lot of people that are coming don't go to the conference or is it kind of a more of like a mix of both? It's definitely a mix. Uh, there, there are lots of familiar faces when I do them, depending on the city, depending on the market. Uh, there'll be lots of familiar faces that, that I've seen at conference. Uh, and when I, when I teach outside of the U.S., Every now and then, you know, I did a thing in Amsterdam and there was a, a handful of people that I'm also seeing here at BMX and I did a, a class in London and, you know, I'd say a good amount of those people also are involved in UKAPP. 
I, I feel like the the kind of sphere that we operate in within body piercing is definitely uh, the minority of it, you know? So a lot of the people that would pay for a private seminar and take the time for a private seminar are also the, the same kind of piercers that would try to go to conference. But conference is uh, much more of an obstacle for people sometimes because they might not have the opportunity to leave their area. Maybe they have kids or maybe they don't have someone else at the shop to right. cover an entire week. Uh, and the financial component of it can be huge, you know. Even even doing it on a tight budget, if you have to fly in, conference is going to cost you at a minimum a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred bucks, and that's like if you're eating nothing, you know. Yeah. The actual conference experience usually is going to cost two thousand dollars or more, like all in for for somebody. So what I try to do is offer, you know, a, a much lower ticket and hope that enough people show up where I'm going to be able to. You know, pay for all my expenses and maybe make a little bit of a profit. But I try to make it as accessible as possible for the people that can't get to conference or maybe haven't been interested. They can kind of dip their toes. And I kind of force a little bit of the conference vibe onto them. I try to make it social. Like I, I make people wear name tags now. So like people know each other's names. I make people go around the room and, and introduce themselves. So people might not think like, oh, you're just, you're a half an hour away from me. We should hang out or maybe right. we should shadow each other or something like that. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Like the best, the best parts of conference are what I try to bring to my seminars. Not just like sit down and listen to me talk. It's like, you know, meet some other piercers, have an experience and realize that like you're not, you're not alone. Even if yeah. you're alone in your shop or alone in your city, like you're not alone. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, You're so, so nice, Ryan. I'm so nice for money. <laughs> You money-hungry asshole. Um, I got bills. So we're here at uh, BMX Net in Germany. Um, this is technically the last day, right? Mm -hmm. Sunday, yeah, it's our mm -hmm. last day. Um, we've been here all week, staying up too late, having a good oh, time, yeah. learning, teaching. Um, why don't you just... Uh, I mean, well, how have your classes been going? I know you've been teaching here. Um, what what classes did you do? Oh, you had a doth class. I did um, that. I felt I took a nap and ended up not going. Thanks. I'm so That's okay. sorry. I didn't go to any of your classes either. Yeah. Whatever. So screw you. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, I think we have a good understanding <laughs> yes, of what the yes. other would be covering. A yes. Bit. Uh, I thought the doth class went went well. There were a couple of different technical hiccups. There's there's always going to be a technical I, hiccup hiccup at a conference. This morning, sure. So roll with it you know that's another thing that I, I feel good about as an instructor is like now that I feel a lot more comfortable I can just kind of roll with the punches because sometimes I'll see an instructor where one thing will go wrong and they'll be like I, I don't know what to do right now they don't know how to improvise and continue the class and whatever right. so I, I really like BMX for that reason because it's made me a much stronger instructor because you know a, a little bit more of it is kind of put on you to make sure the class goes well there's less of a support structure than conference there isn't like a 10-person AV team and a curriculum no, committee. No, there's and... like three people here that are doing all of the volunteer work. Right. And like it's, yeah. they blow my mind. Yeah. Like, and sometimes, Super impressive. like earlier they came up to me and they're like, what do you need? And then they ended up not being there on time. Uh, my class ran late and then the computer malfunctioned halfway through the class. So I just started doing like a Q&A while they were like trying to fix it up to just kind of keep things going and... There's there's always complications here, but it usually once it's going, it's it goes pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah, it's part of the charm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, 
uh, I did a scarification workshop oh, class right. kind of thing. Um, it was the lotus flower or something, right? It yeah. was some type of flower. Mm -hmm. yep. um, how did that all go? I, I really love teaching my scarification class, but I really only love doing it here. I don't, I don't know that I would want to ever do that like for profit or privately in a shop or something like that. Um, well, here is like a body, it's not really a piercing conference, it's a body modification conference. Right. Well, BMXNet, uh, it, it's the Body Modification Exchange Network. Yeah. You know, so it's a little bit of everything. And I really like that because uh, it was floated a couple of years back. Well, what if we had a scarification safety class at the APP conference? And my first thing was like, well, that's kind of overstepping our mission and our message as right. the APP, but also like, I don't, I don't want to teach a scarification class with hundreds of people in it because I just wouldn't be able to feel confident that I would be, I don't know, controlling the information safely is maybe one way to put it. But here, what I, what I do is, you know, I can do a live cutting, which would never be an option at the APP conference. Of course. So I can show people these are the safety steps because I think one of the worst things that can happen to a piercer or a body modifier is for them to fill in the blanks, and if you if you leave space, there you know some some other information fills that void. So I like to show them, this is what I bring for even blotting the skin. I'm not just going to use a roll of paper towels. Like I bring my own sterilized specialty towels in CSR wrap, and you know I I wear certain PPE, and I set up in a certain way, and I'm trying to do uh, an aseptic no touch technique where I'm not handling certain items because I, you know, I, I'm using gloves more like how a tattooer would operate. Uh, and then all these different things that you, you can really only learn by seeing it right in front of you. And then the actual cutting too, like I can make, and I have made slideshows before for this stuff, uh, but you can never really explain it as well as if you have a scalpel in your hand and you're just, you can cut and be like, this is the amount of pressure. This is why I'm doing it this way. Don't overdo it this way, you know? Uh, and really try not to leave any blank spaces for people to fill in on their own. And I just love the environment here because it's the perfect environment to right. be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lot more accepted here too. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but also, like, I feel like, you know, like you said, um, doing that kind of thing at the APP conference would just... It It'd be would, a can of worms it would, and it a really nightmare. It would be. Yes, yeah. it would be a nightmare. Yeah. And then... Um, of course, we have a lot of different rules and regulations and laws in the states compared to here. Mm. Um, so, you know, there I feel like anyone seeing your class would suddenly feel like they can just wield a scalpel. Which would be one of the scariest things in the world to yes, me. Yes, I also agree with that. So yeah. um, it makes me kind of glad that we don't really offer those heavier types of mm -hmm. modifications um, at conference. But, um, you know, it's, it's, just, just, it's just different. I, yeah. I love it here. I think it's great. It's a, it's just a different perspective um, because it is all body modification, even tattoo. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's fun kind of checking out people's classes. There's a lot of um, like only German or like Dutch speaking classes here, but it's still fun to kind of like check in and just see what they're doing. And you don't really understand everything, but it's just interesting to see what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, I saw like a... Um, 
I didn't step in on your class, but I saw like an ear reconstruction mm-hmm. like bit going on. I didn't stay in there for long, but I was just like, oh my. Yeah, um, intense. Like it was, it was pretty crazy. Like yeah. it, it's just crazy to see that here like at a conference. Um, well, we live in more of a bubble in the States where yeah. it's like, okay, if you're going to be doing about it, you don't talk about yeah, it you don't, in certain yeah. spheres, you know, or it's like there's certain work where it's like it's taboo. Like, you know, uh, some piercers are going to be like, well, I'm not going to have a scalpel anywhere in my shop, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so here, just seeing the whole like, it's it's just a very different vibe. Oh yeah. Here, totally, it's it's way more of a body mod scene. It's kind of like you know, Gauntlet versus BME. You know, it's it's kind of like two different. Yes. It's yeah. the same family tree, but it's very different branches. Yeah, they even do suspensions here. Yeah, I've been doing suspensions on the roof all mm. week. Yeah, it's cool. Beautiful stuff. We taught a class together. We did teach a class together, um, the marking technique workshop with Elaine Angel as well. That was um, just a person, like personally, it was a very, I mean, teaching a class with you is great, but the fact that I got to say out loud, like, I taught a class with Elaine Angel. Yeah, I had a bunch of people message me like, how is it teaching with Elaine Angel? Mm. And, um, you know, everyone gets really excited about Elaine because, you know, she's uh, she's one of the oldest people in our industry. Um, well, not well, that's, old that's a, that's age, a way to not say old age-wise, but like experience. Yeah, most wise. tenured for sure. Um, and you know, people just get very you know uh, excited around her, and they're just like, you know, I, I've been here with her a lot. She's my roommate this week, and um, just seeing how people react to her, um, like, can we get a selfie? Like, they treat her like a rock star. So, um, in the class, I just. I just I just realized it kind of dawned on me like she's just like us. She's just a person and she's just teaching what she knows and you know she didn't actually uh she was doing in the class um like genitals and nipple marking but no one wanted to take their pants off for any genital markings so she mostly did nipples and um, we were talking later that night and she was just like, oh, you know, it happens. Like, I wish people, you know, someone would have dropped their pants. But <laughs> I mean, it's totally understandable. But it was still a- an amazing to just be like, wow, I like I did this class and I did it with my friend Ryan, but also with my friend Elaine. Yeah. And like, it's just cool to say that she's my friend and we hang out and totally people just think it's like so neat. I don't know. There, there are things uh, in my in my career and in my life now where if I would go back and talk to like 21-year-old Piercer Ryan, I'd be like, just so you know, you're going to teach a class with Elaine Angel. You're going to fly around the world teaching at different classes, te- teaching at different conferences. You're going to do this, you're going to do that. I would be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, right. no way. I was just messaging my fiance a couple days ago and I was just like, I can't believe I'm rooming with Paul King and Elaine Angel. And I just... I never once thought in my career that I would ever be at a point like this. Like I'm on the board of directors. I'm rooming with, you know, people that have been a part of our history for 20 plus years, 30 plus years. Um, you know, I, I get to say that these people are my friends and we have, I had a glass of wine with Elaine last night, like just very casual. Like I, I remember the first time she ever came to camp APP, which was only like maybe like three years ago. And I was like, so kind of like flustered a little bit. I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe like Elaine is here. I still try to not like, 
I don't know. I, I try to not like be that way, but I'm still a fangirl. Like I think that I'll She's always be genuine piercing royalty. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. even just having a glass of wine with her last night, I was just like, I can't believe I'm having a glass of wine with Elaine. Mm-hmm. Like just we're just hanging out, talking. Yeah, and, it's cool. You know, just and not just about piercing, but just like our personal lives and. Like she's she's just the nicest person. Mm-hmm. She really is. I want to put her in my fucking pocket, man. She she's is pretty just great, so especially cute. that little hat that she wears with the little the ears. The little ears and oh like my God. one side's pierced. Yeah, oh, God, kills me. She kills me. Yeah, yeah. She's she's great, and um, you know I, I just I respect our our elders in the industry, and mm. um, I, I just love listening to them talk, and um, I just I just can't believe I'm at this point where. I can just hang out with them and I know, it's, it's not, cool, right? it's like weird for me because I'm still like, oh my God. But yeah. um, even though I've been in this industry for years and I've been working with them for years, um, it's still just uh, very, very interesting. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I don't know what else to fucking ask you. You're a terrible interviewer. I am a terrible interviewer. I didn't prepare for this. And, Pretend uh, like I'm applying for an Aldi scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> You interview people for that. Um, yeah, but you're also on that committee. That's a good point. I can't interview, like, so do you have a video submission to send to me? Okay, I don't mean literally. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. All right. Um, what are we at on the time? We've only been doing this for 26 minutes. Oh, we got to go at least another 10. How we only been doing? I feel like we've been talking a while. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I think you're just. Uh, it's because I'm not stoned. You're just lost in the moment. Um. Good talk. Th- yeah, this was great. <laughs> <laughs> you want to cut it there? Um. No. Um. Where are you going next after this? Are you going to UK APP? Um, there's also camp coming up in just a, actually both of those are literally in Within like two days weeks. of each other. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I had to make the decision to not go to camp this year, which was a bummer. Oh, because that is a bummer. It's, yeah, it's the first year know. in like the Portland area. But um, the UK APP seminars kind of overlap it a little bit. So camp goes Monday through Friday, and then UK APP starts that Sunday. Yes. So it's either I would have flown directly from Portland, Oregon to Manchester, UK on Saturday, which would have killed me, and then start teaching on Sunday. So I had to kind of make the decision of stay home for the for that week, then fly out for UK the day the day before. So yeah, I'll be there. Are you gonna be there? Yeah, um, you're a lot smarter than I am. Are you going straight um, from camp to UK? I fly out to a board meeting first and then um, to camp. And then I leave camp on Saturday and fly 15 hours to the UK um, to only be there for three days. I, uh, I'm, I've been regretting my decision. <laughs> I'm uh, excited to be at UK APP. Do not get me wrong, but um, that's going to be rough. Every year, there's one American instructor that tries to turn into like a power trip and not like in an ego sense, but like there was one year where Jeff flew in the day before he taught, then taught, and then left the next day. Like he he super powered through it, you know. Uh, Last year, and this is something I I regret saying, uh, but it was so worth it. 
but I missed the first day of UK APP because there was a huge wrestling show in Chicago. You are such a nerd. And I, I went straight, I went to the, the wrestling show and then I immediately flew straight to the UK and my flight was delayed and I ended up missing my first class because of a flight delay. So, so this year I promised I would be there a full day early. So I'm definitely going to do that. But you're going to be the one who does the, the power shot. This year it's my turn and um, I usually travel pretty well, but um, it's been a long time since I've been on a flight that is that many hours. Well, so, going from uh, East Coast US to West Coast US yeah, to UK, that's going to be a lot of time The jumps. jet lag is going to kill me. And then like just a few days after I get back from UK APP, I get married. So I have a feeling I'm still going to be jet lagged right. <laughs> when I'm getting married. Yeah. Um, so, oh my goodness. Uh, but what classes will you be teaching at UK this year? Uh, I'm going to do my Doth class, which is one of my favorites that I've been doing lately. Uh, I, I started to pivot from doing the full day freehand workshop thing, the private seminar. And now lately, the last couple of months, I've been touring with like three shorter classes over the course of a day. And the Doth class is, is one of the ones that I've been doing uh, off and on. And uh, I feel like it's a really strong class and I'm really happy with it. So I'm doing that there. Uh, I'm also doing a kind of a nebulous workshop with Lola. We were kind of hammering it out earlier today, but uh, the title is uh, Tools or No Tools, That is the Question. Huh? And we're basically. Title. Yeah, you I know, I, I really like stupid pun titles, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be basically um, Lola has her kind of methodology of uh, more uh, single use tool, disposable tool, freehand. I have like freehand but supported by reprocessing tools kind of a thing so my goal is like we're going to show you a few different ways that we do the same piercing and just kind of show you a few different options and then let the people kind of decide and then try a few things out themselves like there'll be some workshop elements to it and we can kind of guide them through it so if they say hey will you show me your bracing method then we can just show them and then they can play around with some, some stuff so it's kind of like a a trial run kind of thing, but I think it'd be fun. And um, doing a class called Make the Most with What You've Got with uh, Alex Wilkins, a UK piercer. And it's basically going to be about like, you know, if you, have, if you have limited resources in your shop, what's the best way to allocate them? You know, if you have a little bit of money, should that go towards a new sterilizer, new jewelry, hiring new staff? Like what will get you the best return for your type of business? Just a little conversation about that and sharing maybe some of like the mistakes that both of us have made along the way. And then, were you at camp when I did Thunderdome? Yeah, I've been to every camp, so okay. I loved the Thunderdome. I'm doing Thunderdome at yeah. UK. Yeah, and um, I like the idea behind it where people can submit um, like things maybe they want to talk about or are curious about and uh, then you just kind of make a like a class about it and it's Basically. like a workshop kind of yeah. class it's sort of like, like a round table like sort of a lecture yeah they're yeah. like weird little like segments of each thing and then we just move on to the next thing I, I like that it's, I like it yeah it's almost I, like I, a weird TED talk kind of thing but kinda. yeah TED talk roulette yeah <laughs> yeah I, I like it I, I think it still is going to need a little bit more refining but uh i i want i want the opportunity to do it at every conference that i go to eventually so oh, it, you I know think that would be great if it goes good at uk i think i'm going to try to pitch it for bmx net for next year and then if that goes good maybe 
bring it into conference at some point. I'd love to see that. I think yeah. I think people would be really interested in that because you can just touch base on subjects mm. and then, you know, just you can get a lot done in like one session. Yeah, I mean, some subjects don't need an hour and a half. Right, you know, exactly. Sometimes, sometimes 10 or 15 minutes yeah, is all you Yeah, sometimes you just need to have a little chat about it and mm -hmm. then just move on. Right, yeah. So it's going to just be a couple of those stacked up and then uh, and then that's it. So it, it should be pretty fun. You know, it's three days of classes, so... Uh, three, three class, no, four, four classes over three days. Uh, so it'll be a, a lot of work. Uh, I don't have to do too much prep because I'd say the most complicated class is the Doth one, and I've already got that prepared. <clears throat> but I'm really looking forward to it. UK APP. I, I love all these conferences that I go to, and they they all have their own really unique personality, and I totally feel at home with the UK gang. Like oh, I I really cool. like that that whole crew. This is my first year going to UK APP, so I'm really excited to see how different it is from the Vegas conference mm -hmm. camp and BMX. Um, so I don't know. I think it'll be really fun. It is cool. You can you can totally see <laughs> the influence of uh, people like Caitlin McNearmid at UK APP because a lot of the the administrators of UK APP have been LD scholars right. and have been conference volunteers and stuff like that, and they've taken a lot of the best lessons from conference. And they've made a very efficient three-day conference. I'd say there's there are less social elements than something like BMX. It's really more uh, curriculum-driven, and I, I think in the, in the best way. Uh, but it's it's definitely its own animal, and it's a fun time. Cool. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to see you there. Me too. Even though we live 40 minutes from each other and yeah. only see each other at conferences in other countries. Right. Well, uh, that that those weekly wrestling shows in your city are starting up again next month. So I'll, I'll be down to, to Worcester again on Thursdays for a good couple of weeks. Yeah, you are such a dork. Whatever. You got, hey, you gotta, you gotta be into something. You right? Know? If I didn't do that, like, I, I, how much more boring of a person would I be if body piercing <laughs> was 100% of my life and that's it? At least I have a little bit of that flair. Uh, I mean, you have traveled to other countries just to see wrestling shows. I, I saw you were kind of, were you in Japan recently to yeah. go see a show? But you were only there for like a few days. I was there for a week. Oh, okay, uh, okay. And it was a, a three-day tournament. And then I also added in another wrestling show on another day. But it was great. Oh you know, my gosh. I, I know it's silly, but if you if you look at other sports, you know, like it's it's less crazy if someone is like a super fan of a football team or a baseball team and like they're like, oh yeah, I flew here for the Super Bowl or whatever. It's like you'd look at that and be like, oh, you know, okay. But with wrestling, because wrestling is kind of like, it's looked at as like a kind of a kid's thing, you know, maybe or like or whatever. Uh, if I tell people like, oh yeah, I'm flying out to like the Super Bowl of wrestling, they just look at me like I have two heads. But <laughs> I don't care. Oh man, wrestling was uh, very popular when we were kids, and uh, I remember like Jake the Snake and Hulk Hogan mm -hmm. and um, just like all of those, just like the, just the energy and mm. we used to watch it on TV, and I used to get excited about it. But then I got older. <laughs> I had the same thing. I I got really hooked when I was a kid. And then got out of it in my teens, and you know, I, I I go away and come back every couple of years or something, and you know, and I'm in an, I'm in like a hyper phase right now where I'm really into it. But I'm sure there'll be other points where it, it drops off my interest radar, or I prioritize other things or something. But for now, it's a very fun hobby, and really, like, I just need an excuse to get the fuck out of Nashua 
and do something for myself and just like blow that's off some steam. Not piercing related. That's not piercing related. Yeah. And I don't do many of those trips, but even if I do a handful of them, like I don't care if it's for wrestling or for like, you know, a yarn convention or whatever. I just want to get out and not have to think about work for a few days. Oh, that's great. Yeah. All right. I think that's. Stay tuned for a bonus episode. We're going to do a bonus episode here in BMX where we maybe have had a few drinks. <laughs> You're going to sell some, uh, and we're not going to be able to, to do it and make it happen. If we can't do it here, we can do it at UK. Oh, that would be great. We should do one there anyway. We should. Yeah. We'll have to get like <clears throat> British drunk or something. What is British drunk? I think just very. Oh. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, we can make that happen. Have you ever had Buckfast? Do you know what Buckfast is? No. So you know how every time you go to like a different place, uh, there's like, there's the drink where people try to talk you into it and be like, no, 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 you should try this. Like a really good example would be like Malort. You know, have you, have you ever gotten Malorted by Velez or Baron or somebody? No. Oh, no. I've had, the, no, I've had the Malort at um, camp. Right. That was absolutely disgusting. Sure, sure. So there's Malort. Uh, when I went to uh, LBP and uh, GEP in Brazil, it was Fernet, which is actually pretty pretty decent to drink, not as repulsive. Um, here, Sala's not here this year, but Sala is usually like the Jägermeister Meister, and he would always just be getting tricking people into drinking Jägermeister when they should not be drinking Jägermeister. Oh my gosh. But Buckfast is a, a local drink from Scotland, and it's basically uh, like caffeinated malt liquor, sort of, or like caffeinated wine, basically. And it's, it's intense. It's less disgusting than something like a Malort, but it'll really sneak up on you and kick you in the dick hole. So. It'd probably kill me. Yeah, so but I'm going to try to get Lola to bring some. I might have a, a tiny, but I, I can't do the caffeine stuff. Oh, right. I don't right. want to die. That's a good so, point, um, yeah. I'll try it, and you will see how far I can push it. <laughs> it's like cough syrup, basically. Oh, great! Cough syrup full I of alcohol drinking, and caffeine. I love drinking cough syrup. Yeah. So, be <laughs> <laughs> like, is your face melting, or is that just me? Oh God, that would be too much. Well, uh, I wonder how many straight edge listeners I've just lost. I know. I'm so that sorry. That's okay. Um, well, you you wrap it up. It's your your episode. Uh. Yeah, so I guess that completes my interview with Ryan. Um, just trying to flip it around and just get some information out of him for once. And I think it went... Yeah, because people don't listen to me talking. Yeah, them. you do talk a lot, but... Um, Thanks. You know, usually it's you asking other people questions, so it's nice to just uh, hear what you have to say about things. Well, thanks. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for letting me take over an episode, and it'd be fun to do it again sometime. Mic drop. Yeah. Um, so that concludes the interview with Ryan. Um, if you guys want to find me online, um, you can. It's just uh, under Kale DeFrancesco, or most of my social media stuff is... The username is Miss underscore Kale. That's M-I-S-S, not M-S. Um, and yeah, so sorry I'm so awkward. And <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad that you all listened. And I hope you enjoyed. And uh, until next time, take care. Bye, Kate. Bye, Kate.
For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.